So it's been an interesting uh, c- couple of days for me. Obviously, we had the holiday, but I was praying about this morning's message, and I had done a bunch of preparation and thinking uh, through First Thessalonians 3, uh, 6 to 13, to the end of the chapter. And there's just so many interesting things in this passage. And when I, when I had, was looking at my notes and just beginning to write things down and prepare, I just really feel led that we need to begin or perhaps continue in this trajectory of preparing to be priests unto God, a kingdom of priests, a pre, or holy priesthood, the Bible says, uh, where, as, as we said earlier during the quarantine, we are not a passive consumer, but we are an active participant in the body of Christ. Uh, the body of Christ is the metaphor I like to say all the time. It's from the Bible. But the whole idea of the body of Christ is, and the, the, what, what Paul wants to get across to us is, we're one body with many parts, many members. And so church membership is about be- figuring out what part you are in the church and then doing that part. You know, the, the body is not made up of like a head with no, uh, no body. It's not made of a hand. It's not made of a foot. The body of Christ needs to all be functioning. It needs to be all unified in order to uh, bear fruit for God. So that, that whole image of the body of Christ, it's, it's just such an important picture. And so when we come back together, there may be things that we stop doing in our worship services together because it, they just need to stop. And, uh, and the thing, but I think the things we're going to start doing in worship are going to be pointed at becoming more of a participatory body of Christ, of, of us becoming embodied and forming the body of Christ here in New Life. And when the body is unified, when the body is connected and all the parts are doing their part, then there can really be a, a great ministry to the, to the region. We can love each other and love the world well. So I'm looking forward to that. But today we're going to practice it in the priesthood. We're going to do a holy reading. It's also called Lectio Divina of 1 Thessalonians 3, 6 to 13 to the end of the chapter. That's why you have your pad of paper. That's why you have a Bible open in front of you. I'm going to lead you in a reading of this a meditation exercise, listening for God's voice, and then praying the scripture together. And after today, I would love for you to email me uh, what God really focused you on in this text, how God spoke to you. I'd like you to email that to me, to pastor at newlifeinsaratoga.org. It's on the website. You can email me there. Pastor at newlifeinsaratoga.org. Let me know what God said to you, what, it, what the passage meant to you. And then uh, as I'm completing the, the sermon for Wednesday, I want to share things from you, from the body. Can be, it'll be anonymous. I won't like, say your name unless you want me to. But I want to share the reflections the body had on this passage. Because I believe in this passage, uh, there's a lot of relevant information to exactly where we are at right now. In fact... This very passage is the passage that really I felt inspired by as I started this sermon series because it talks about the very issues that we are dealing with right now in this body of Christ uh, and coming back together after being scattered for a season. So I'm going to lead you in a holy reading. I will kind of narrate how to do that if you've never done it before. We're going to listen to the voice of God together. And then I'm going to ask you to email me and let me know what God said to you. And then on Wednesday, I will, I'm going to kind of share the reflections of the body of Christ, the priesthood of believers, with, with the body of Christ. So even in our first service, we're already going to be collaborating and ministering together. So um, I also have some other reflections to share on the passage after we're done today, but we're going to start with this holy reading. So 1 Thessalonians 3, 6 to 13. Holy reading starts as a prayerful reading of the scriptures. 
The first step is to simply read the text slowly and meditatively. Uh, you can read out, you can listen to me reading it, you can read it out loud to yourself, so that you can pretend like you're hearing this word for the first time, like you're, you're a member of the Church of Thessalonica, hearing this word for the first time. So it's kind of a, a time to put aside your, your theological biases, your preconceived ideas as much as possible, and to just listen to this word afresh. So the first step is a prayerful reading. The second step is, as you, as you do this prayerful reading, you're going to listen for the words that speak to you personally today from the text. So as we read this slowly, meditatively together, you're going to be listening with your second set of ears to the Holy Spirit and what God is saying to you personally through the text. So what phrases, what images stand out in the reading? What words, images inspire you? What words and images challenge you? What, what words and Im images kind of trouble you, convict you? Where do you feel like you connect with it? So that you're going to be listening for those words as we read it out loud. And then uh, the third step is we're going to pray the words that God has spoken to us from the Bible back to God, which is really a very honoring thing to do. This is something that God just gives God great glory when we read his word, listen for his, his spirit, and then compose a prayer and praying it back to God. So praying the words, let the word, the phrase, or the image that you heard in the passage uh, soak deeply into your experience. So, you know, repeat what God says to you, pray what God says to you, reflect on its meaning and what God's saying to you through it, and, uh, and also possibly compose a prayer and, and pray based on this passage. And you'll see that this really lends itself to that. And then the, the fourth step is, is going deeper and we, we contemplate the passage. So in contemplation, we choose to listen and then let God speak to us in silence as well as the spoken word. So in the midst of, of having heard the text, heard words from the text, and meditating on them, we then sit in silence before God. We heed the instruction of Scripture where it says, Be still and know that I am God. We sit silently in his presence and let him speak to us by his Spirit. So these are the steps. I'm going to read uh, this out loud, the whole, the whole passage. And as I'm reading it, begin to write down, well, just, I'd say just listen. And then I'm going to read it a second time. And then I'm going to give you space to read it to yourself and look at it yourself. And as you do that, you're going to be listening for the words that speak to you personally. What phrases, what images speak to you personally. And write those things down in your notepad. Underline them in your Bible. And then we're going to move through letting those phrases, words, and images soak into us. Um, and reflect on its meaning for us. And then we're going to sit in the God's presence and be still and let the Spirit speak to us. So in the midst of my preparation, this is how God led me. We're going to be begin to become this priesthood of believers. And I want to hear from you after this exercise uh, via email so that I can share with the, with the body on Wednesday some of the things that you uh, have heard in addition to what I have heard from God for that day. So I'm going to read this to you. And again, the invitation is to listen to this as if, it's your, as, as if you're listening to it for the first time, as if the courier had just arrived, they open the scroll, and they say, I have a letter from Paul, Silas, and Timothy to our church. And you guys have been persecuted, suffering in some way. And so this is a huge encouragement that, that the person who founded your church wrote you a letter, and you're just dying to hear what he has to say, okay? So this is 1 Thessalonians 3, 6. This is 
Timothy's report back to Paul and how the church is doing. Listen for the word of God for you today. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we are encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you, in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. This is the word of the Lord for today. I'm now going to read this to you again. And again, just listen to it. Jot down the words that really speak to you. And then I'm going to give you some space to read it to yourself. 1 Thessalonians 3, 6. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since, we are standing, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you, in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with his holy ones. I'm going to give you some, some moments now to continue to read over this and listen for the word, the phrase, the image that you feel as God is speaking to you. Write those things down and begin to, to meditate on them. And uh, when we are done with that, we will come back together and continue in this exercise. So take a few minutes. This is your time with God to engage with his word, priesthood of believers. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds that I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder that power throughout the universe display. Then sing my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great. How great you are Then sing my soul My Savior God 
At this point in this exercise, let the word, the phrase, or the image that God spoke to you from his word soak deeply into your experience right now. You can repeat the word over and over again to yourself, reflect on its meaning for you today. You may also choose to compose a prayer based on your encounter with the text as God has led you. So this is a time to let that word, that phrase, that image that you're getting from this text that God is using to prepare us to come back together and pray it back to God, meditate on it. This is your time. So you've now heard and read through this scripture prayerfully. You have listened for a word or a phrase or an idea that speaks to you. And you have let that word, that phrase, that image soak into your, into your life. Let the word of God soak into your life. Allowing it to do something that we often don't let it do. Because we are so quick to want to speed through our readings. But allowing the word of God, by the spirit of Christ, to pierce deeply into our lives. So we've done that. We've done that together. Maybe you've composed a prayer that you're praying to God right now, just like Paul said a prayer at the end of the passage today. And now this very important part of this practice is contemplating the words. And this is a time where we heed what the psalmist told us to do. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted above the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. This is your time to just be still in God's presence, to still your heart, and listen to what the Father is saying to you this morning as you're encountering his word. So this is your time to sit in God's presence. So I trust that you've heard from God through his word this morning and for us in 1 Thessalonians 3 and... I also trust that you can see why it seems that God has led us to do this exercise. 
Because this passage is a passage that prepares us to come back together in Christ, in fellowship. It's a passage that expresses this passionate desire for the body of Christ to be able to come back together. In this case, Paul is relieved hearing from Timothy that the faith and the love of the Thessalonian church is on the increase. You remember, faith, hope, and love, Paul says, are the, are the three things that remain when all else passes away, and the greatest of those is love. So Paul says, I was so glad to hear back from Timothy, my messenger, that your faith and your love is strong. Jesus said in Matthew 24, because of the increase of wickedness in the world, the love of many people will grow cold in the last days, the days before Christ comes back. Our love, our faith, and our hope, and maybe the greatest of these is love, was Paul's chief concern. So this morning, we see Paul pleased at this wonderful report. And he is relieved that the Thessalonian church people long to see him and Silas and Timothy. Because that's the way that he feels too. And he's so relieved that it's not a one-sided phenomenon. That these people really do love him. As a minister, as a friend, as a pastor, as an apostle, they love him. They love fellowship with him. They miss him. I don't know if you've ever been uh, in a relationship that felt very one-sided, where you just love somebody very much, but it just doesn't seem to reciprocate. And, uh, and Paul has some anxiety that this love is not held on both ends. And Paul hears from Timothy that, you, that, that these people in Thessalonica long to see him. And it matches how Paul feels. He longs to see them too. In, uh, in response to this, in hearing that this church is standing firm, Paul just goes into this thankfulness. How can we thank God enough for you? In verse 9, in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you. Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. For Paul, you, you saw earlier in this passage as you, as you were reading it, that he says, because you are standing steadfast, I feel like I can live again. Paul was so passionate, so driven uh, that this church be doing well, that he felt like he could almost not go on with his life until he knew that this church was standing firm. And, and it was such an encouragement to him that it felt like he, he came back to life when he heard the good report. I don't know if you've ever had uh, been waiting on some news, maybe from medical testing, maybe from a family member. And in our family, we're waiting on some news in different places. It causes anxiety. And, and because of love, because of concern, it's not a fear-driven thing. It's a love-driven thing. It's a concern-driven thing. Until you hear that good news, it's very hard to go through the normal patterns of your life, to go to work, to act like everything's kind of normal until you hear that news. And Paul says, because we hear you're standing steadfastly, we can live. We, I, finally, I can live here. And he's just so thankful. And his desire is that he can see these people again, these beloved church members in Thessalonica, and supply whatever might be lacking in their faith. In love, Paul says, you know, there's got to be gaps in your faith. We were only with you for three months, and we've been separated for six months, nine months, really. Uh, there's got to be gaps in your faith. I'm dying to fill in the blanks. And that's what this letter is about. He's, ex he's expounding on the things he taught them when he was with them for those three months and trying to fill in what's lacking in their theology and their faith because of his great love for them and desire for them to be doing well. 
So it's all this thanksgiving, all this desire for these people. And I can't help but say that, you know, I feel very much as, as one of the pastors here, along with Jason and Greg, you know, pastorally, you know, we long to see you. And we hope that you long to see us too. We long to be together. We long to get on with church, to get on with the kingdom of Jesus Christ, to get on with the work he's called us to. Like, we, we really felt... Uh, right before this uh, shelter-in-place order came and the virus came, that we had been brought from one season to another season. And, and in reality, if you look at all the markers of what that could mean, we definitely were. We were brought from a time where we had uh, two staff pastors who were also elders. One of them, Aaron Koonsman, took a church in Boston Spa, which is really wonderful with our blessing, very exciting. The other one, Corey Prothero, became a chaplain in the Air Force. They left to pursue other ministries God had called them to. We blessed them. We sent them right before all this happened. And then all of a sudden, uh, and, and among many other uh, indications, you know, the season was changing. And uh, our pastoral elder, Jason Harmon, said, you know, it, it's like I can see it on the horizon. It's a, it's a cloud the size of a man's fist, you know, that we can see it. In eyes of faith, we see the season is changing. And during this whole time, I'm really convinced, just like when the snow is covering the ground and it doesn't seem possible that there could be anything going on underneath that snow, in the spring, it melts, where's the earth? And the earth springs up green. Um, and, and we have beautiful growth underneath. And during this time, it's been like that. I think that we've been underneath that slush, that snow, and we, but we haven't been dead. We've been growing. We've been becoming a kingdom of priests unto God. We've been becoming more the body of Christ. And when we come back together, things will be different. It'll be a new and better normal where we seek to, to serve God together as partners in ministry, uh, to love and serve our community and one another with the love of Christ. So Paul, he longs to see them again. And, and again, the pastors of this church, we long to see you again. We pray that that feeling is mutual, and we hope to see you when we come back together in person if you're able. And then Paul just launches into this prayer. Now may God, our Father, and this is a blessing, right? A benediction. May God, our God and Father himself, and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. You know, Paul's fundamental prayer is very familiar to us if we've read Paul, which we have, right? Faith, hope, and love, the grace of Jesus' love. He says, we want your love to increase and overflow for each other in the body and also for everyone else, just as ours does for you. This is such a, a, an important word for us in our day with the tumultuous time that we are living through in our, in our world. Paul says... He wants us not only to grow in love for one another in the body, but for everyone else in the world as well. And this is a love that comes only from God. This is a love that goes much deeper than anything we could conjure up in our hearts. This is the same love that Jesus expressed when he forgave the, the thief on the cross next to him and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. When he forgave the soldiers who were crucifying him, his enemies, and he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. This is a love for enemy. Uh, expression that not only for your family, your church family, your, your, your biological family, but for everyone else 
Paul says, may your love increase and overflow, and may you be strengthened in heart so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. You know, this, there's this idea that at the end, this is from, an idea from Zechariah talking about God, and uh, the idea is in Zechariah 14.5, then my Lord, my God will come and all the holy ones with him. And what he's saying is this community that we have with with Jesus, with one another, is also ultimately a community with God. And when God comes, we will be with him if we continue in love, if we continue in faith, hope, and love. So Paul's prayer that your love would increase, and not only increase, but overflow for each other and for everyone else. So what better way to come into our time of of joining together for fellowship again than with this one thought? And this one prayer, and whatever God's spoken to you in the passage, that our love would increase and even overflow. That maybe during this time, there's been a cooling for you of your love. You know, we've, we've been through a lot. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe things have kind of cooled off for you. Maybe you're not feeling that love. Maybe you're not longing to be with uh, your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ at this moment, if you're completely honest with yourself. Maybe your love for others in the world has grown cold as you've sat and watched television and whatever you watch and, and, uh, and heard about the news of what's going on in the world. Maybe your love for others has grown cold. Even people that are very different from you, that love has grown cold. You know, Paul says, may you have your love be injected, increase and overflow for each other and everyone else. And may your heart be strengthened so you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when the Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. This is a time where we need to pray for each other and for the re- our brothers and sisters in Christ, that our love for those in the body, our longing for it to be with one another, and our love for those outside of the body would grow hot. You know, with passionate, true love. It says in my, in my uh, the first Bible I ever bought for myself, about 20 years ago when I came to Christ, was a life application Bible. And I love the note. It said, Paul prayed for the Thessalonians' love to increase. If we are full of God's love, it will flow, overflow to others. It is not enough merely to be courteous to others. We must actively and persistently show love to them. In other words, with our actions. Not just feel loving feelings, not just think loving thoughts, but let that overflow from feeling to action. Our love should be growing continually. If your capacity to love has remained unchanged for some time, and I would add, or gone down, ask God to fill you again with his never-ending supply. Then look for opportunities to express his love. Before we come together on Wednesday, I would say, ask God to fill you and overflow you with love for one another in the body and for people in the world. And the love that you tap into when you tap into that prayer is the never-ending supply of love that's found in Jesus Christ. It's the love that forgives enemies and goes after the ones who are lost. It's the one who lays down his own rights in order to champion the rights of someone who can't stand up for themselves. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross. You know, Jesus took care of business just so we could be in a right relationship with God while we were still his enemies. Christ died for us. That's the love of God, and that's the God you're praying to for provision when you're asking him to fill your love and overflow it for each other and for the world. So if your love has grown cold, uh, if things are 
cooled off for you, and you're, maybe you're not excited for whatever reason about coming back together as the body of Christ. It's, it's, it's a complicated thing how we are. Let's be honest with ourselves. How are we feeling about all this change that's coming to us? Let's begin to pray and ask God for love for one another, for a longing to be together, for finding our place in the body and doing what God's called us to do in the body according to our giftedness and calling. And let's ask him to increase and overflow our love for our community, for the people that may, uh, may be similar to us or may be completely different from us, that we love those people, pray for them, and that we would seek, as this passage says, ways to express our love to one another and to the world tangibly. Not just feeling good feelings of love or thinking good thoughts of love, but doing love, doing love for somebody. So in addition to what God spoke to you as you did the holy reading, the Lectio Divina, I would just put this right on top. Love. You know, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. We need love. If we're honest, we don't always have love. But God has all love. And God, it's God's will that you be a loving church, that you be a loving people who, when you're separated from one another, you long to be back together again. So let's pray for God to, to fill us with that love as we come into fellowship, as we come into this post-coronavirus world where we're going to have all these opportunities to interact with people outside the church and show God's love to them and his grace. Let's pray that this love would be on the increase in us. So again, I want to hear from you this week. Today, Monday, Tuesday, please email me, pastor at newlifeinsaratoga.org. Go on the website, find my, find my email. Tell me what God said to you through 1 Thessalonians 3, 6 to 13. I would invite you to go ahead and go back and do this exercise again. If you don't feel like God really spoke something to you, go back through and then listen to God one more time. Write those things down. Send them to me. I'd like to share your thoughts anonymously with the body and, and, and enrich one another through our reading of Scripture together as we prepare to be not passive consumers, but active participants in the body of Christ, finding our place, doing our thing, and seeing Christ's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So that's my prayer that we would abound in love, that we would edify one another, that we encourage one another, and that we would be a church uh, that, that is really a body where if someone's missing, we feel it acutely and, uh, and where we can't go on until we're all together again. Amen?